0: Let me just read to you uh, from, from uh, Romans chapter 4. It's such a beautiful, beautiful story. I don't want to, I'm not going to read it in the King James, New King James, which I read, I use. I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible. And what I would like to do is, is to teach this on Wednesday because I don't have enough time and it takes a good 35 minutes to skim uh, the surface, and so if I if you want to go into depth, I think uh, Sister Rita Mac told me that I spent uh, over four years in Romans with the women's discipleship class, and we were doing line by line, not word by word, line by line. It was it was just an amazing study. So let me just read to you. I I like um, reading from the Message Bible after I have read. It from say one of the versions like the New King James or the ESV. I'm just going to read this and and we're going to let you go. Um, I read it sort of in in, in in an old oil field brogue, if you will. I, I like to read it in an oil field brogue because this man, whoever the the person is who uh, uh, translated the Message Bible, I can just hear their heart. And the first he calls this in Uh, Romans 4, trusting God. He says, so let's read. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father, in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we are given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you are a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that is something only God can do. And you trust him to do it. You could never do it for yourself, no matter how hard and long you worked well. That trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God, by God, sheer gift. David confirms this way of looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God to do the pudding, everything right without insisting on having a say in it, is one fortunate man. Fortunate those whose crimes are carted off, whose sins are wiped clean from the slate, Fortunate the person against whom the Lord does not keep score. Do you think for a minute that this blessing is only pronounced over those of us who keep our religious ways and are circumcised? Or do you think it possible that the blessing could be given to those who never even heard of our ways, who were never brought up in the disciplines of God? We all agree, don't we, that it was by embracing what God did for him that Abraham was declared fit before God. Nothing. Was that declaration made before or after he was marked by the covenant right of circumcision? That's right, before he was marked. That means that he underwent circumcision as evidence and confirmation of what God had done long before to bring him into this acceptable standing with himself, an act of God he had embraced with his whole life. And it means further that Abraham is father of all people who embrace what God does for them while they are still on the outs with God as yet unidentified as God's in an uncircumcised condition it is precisely these people in this condition who are called set right by God and with God abraham is also of course father of those who have undergone the religious rite of circumcision not just because of the religious rite ritual but because they were willing to live in the risky Faith, embrace of God's actions for them. The way Abraham lived long before he was marked by circumcision. And I said Abraham was justified before, uh, by God 13 or 14 years before he ever received the right of circumcision. So what Paul was doing was revolutionary. And I wanted to share that, and we'll share it in detail Wednesday. But he was, it was revolutionary And I want to say that I believe that God is doing something revolutionary among us by taking us out of the world and our dependency on it. Amen. Amen. That famous promise God gave Abraham that he and his children would possess the earth was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision to put everything together for him, which Abraham then entered when he believed. He entered it when he believed. If those who get what God gives them only get it by doing everything they are told to do and filling out all the right forms properly signed that eliminate personal trust completely and turns the promise into an ironclad contract, that's not a holy promise. That's a business deal. A contract drawn up by a hard-nosed lawyer, if, if lawyers excuse us this way, that's a contract drawn up by a hard-nosed lawyer and with plenty of fine print, only make sure that you will never be able to collect. But if there is no contract in the first place, simply a promise, and God's promise at that, you can't break it. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God in his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. God's promise arrives as pure gift That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it. Those who keep the religious traditions and those who have never heard of them. For Abraham is father of us all. He is not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He is our faith father. We call Abraham father not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as father of many peoples, I mean people groups, many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life. And a word, with a word, make something out of nothing. So Abraham became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life with a word make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't on what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. So when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit, or righteous really, before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God. He set us right with God. Amen. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I am not certain, but if you've heard enough today from testimonies, from prayer, from the children's program, to say, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Perhaps you have. And maybe even the reading of the scripture from the Message Bible. If you have, we want you. I want you to think about it. And I'm going to go down and Steph is going to sing, sing. We're going to sing and I'll come right back. And I'm going to ask if there's anyone who wants to give his or her life to Jesus Christ, you can do that. You don't need a long sermon. All you need is an encounter with God. All you need is God to speak to your heart. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. God is able to save you. He saved an insolent man called Saul of Tarsus if God saved him God can save you so I'll be back in just a moment